Here we go. Where we're going was well, actually nowhere. Rejecting the screen, Noah Koslov out here on the East Coast and going to be here for a while. Adam Stanko is out West where he will be for quite some time. Unprecedented yep. times. And we're going to get into how we're handling this, how the NBA has handled it on a different rejecting the screen type take like you'd expect. And we'll continue to go ISO also. We're going to have a whole lot more long-form interviews that you've all come to know and love. And you can go back and listen to the Ryan Hollins one, Brendan Haywood. Go all the way back. Ryan Rusilla was terrific. Peter Vesey, Sam Mitchell, Earl Watson. Mm -hmm. There are so many you can go back and listen to right now and not even know when they're recorded because they're evergreen. And every content company is looking for evergreen content. Rejecting the screen has you covered. You hanging in, pal? I'm doing all right. I mean, just like the rest of us, worried about so many people and and different things going on in the country and the world. But um, besides the weight of my of the world on my shoulders and having all the kids home from school and wife now less than a month away, giving birth, so that's fun. You know, that's that's good. Look, when we got involved in this, and by this I mean the the pregnancy, it was as I've told people we're already living in a state of chaos. So like, what, what, what's a little more, but I never could have ever thought about having everybody home at once. It was always like, well, you know, the older daughters are at swimming or after school programs or what have you. My son will be in daycare, but yeah, just to imagine that uh, they're already stir crazy, but then adding in uh, an annoyed wife, um, but she's wonderful and beautiful. I will I will say that about my wife. She is a saint. She is a saint. I thought you were going to say something about the weight of the world being on her bladder at the moment. Being, <laughs> being also true. Way. All right, we're going to get into how, how we're all dealing with it. But we want to stick to some hoops. And before the season started, we got into tomorrow's headlines today, which were a lot of fun, predicting some tongue-in-cheek, some pretty serious about – like, all right, how the Indiana Pacers are going to get to 47 and a half wins. This is it for the Spurs not going to make the playoffs. Just don't ask Greg Popovich about it. To the Knicks got what for KP? All certain things that came right. out the truth and your restraining order against Kobe White. Certainly wrong about the Toronto Raptors. So you came up with the idea about putting together headlines as if this season – actually completed and these are the headlines some tongue-in-cheek that will be missing so one of the first that i thought was what can brown do for you and that's the marketing pitch for brett brown from his agent to other teams since brett brown in our world would be out as sixers head coach yeah, it's interesting you say that because that was one of mine. It was bye-bye Brown because I just assumed that it was going to be before your headline in the future that we still w won't get the chance to see. Uh, as of the play being suspended moment in the NBA, uh, Sixers were the sixth seed, Celtics were the three seed, and that's a first-round exit if I've ever seen one. Noah. And I don't think there's any way that Brett Brown would have survived. And then you bring up a good point that then it's, 
hey, it's it's selling Brett Brown to to the masses. What what can you what can you tell people about this guy who I mean, when we look at the the Brett Brown situation, he was brought in as the coach to lead them during a tumultuous time as they were just trying to lose on purpose, outwardly going through the process. And just it has felt like they had could not get over, just couldn't get over the proverbial hump, even with the talent that they've had on on that roster. And at some point, it's got to come back to the coach. Has to. Right. And, and, I think right. and, and they wanted the first and to I, admit that. Yeah, and I, and I think they wanted to fire him at some point, but they couldn't do yeah. it. We've talked about it before because for PR reasons, since he was being trotted out there when Sam Hinkie wouldn't speak, so everybody on in Philadelphia was on their side but then when hinky got pushed out and that's still like when, when i think of like the craziest stories over the past 10 years in basketball and, and this year's had so many but the league stepping in and removing a general manager is and, and having and not being any member of the knicks is really <laughs> wild it is it is wild and well if you think about it every time the league has gotten involved in a player personnel decision, as we saw with the Chris Paul trade, uh, which they nixed, uh, other stuff that they've been involved in throughout the years, it it's just it's not gone well long term. It no, just so hasn't because so they crazy. shouldn't they shouldn't get involved with with coaching decisions, front office folks, unless we're talking about Donald Sterling. And well, like sure, you but point that out, had nothing to do with the product on the floor. Absolutely. And yeah. And here's the other part, as as has been talked about a lot, obviously, through the years, but other teams certainly going through their own version of the process. The Sixers just were more blatant about it. And right? first. And first. And so I don't know why right, they should be hindered because of that. Um, for me, another headline, break up the Blazers. Mm. Blazers, I think, on the outside looking in, when push came to shove in that tight spot for, for that tight race for the uh, eighth spot in the, in the Western conference. And I think the Blazers would have been on the outside looking in. And so because of that, I think the old stuff that we had seen in the past would have resurfaced about Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum. You know, we saw the Hassan white side, maybe we would have seen Nurkic return to the court. That's um, what I'm saying. You know, down the stretch here. And I just think that, the headlines would all start to pop up again that now it's time that they've lived on the edge. We've seen the best of the Blazers. We've now seen them not make the playoffs, the the perennial eighth seed, if you will, or seven or eight seed for the for the Blazers. I think that's the headline we would have seen. Blazers not making the playoffs, and then what happens next? Right, with two top 40 players in the league, maybe top 35 players in the league with mm-hmm. CJ, and and Dame's a top ten player in the NBA, but those two just—I mean, if they ended up falling short in the year where the Warriors were all time awful, but I had them making the playoffs, mm. and the headline tomorrow's headline today before the season started was maybe the Blazers are just good because they just kept un- overachieving. That was the word always: overachieving, overachieving, overachieving. So if you overachieve so many years in a row, maybe you're just good. So my headline when it came to the Blazers actually was, I miss Zion. Because mm. the Blazers would have made the playoffs over the Pelicans and Grizzlies. Then, of course, got swept by the Lakers. But 
that would have been the headline of I miss Zion. And yes, sure. I miss Zion. I would have missed Zion too. We have so many years to see him. But I would have loved to have seen the Pelicans and the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. And speaking of the Lakers. Yes. So LeBron would have wrapped up the MVP in all he had to do. All we had to do was have like a week more of games. He would have wrapped it up. And here's why. It's not exactly a headline, but here's why. Sure. So we know our our buddy Dave McMenamin made a fool of himself in the jump by repeating what Rachel Nichols had actually, and we killed Rachel for it by asking Draymond Green on site about some people are saying that LeBron deserves the MVP because you're navigating Kobe's death, which is just nonsense. And then for Dave to mention again on the jump, it, it beyond cringeworthy. And we but, love Dave. Love oh, of Dave. course, he's, of course, he's a brother to me. So right, right. And, uh, he's, he's, Dave he's says a your, lot of brilliant stuff. He's, yeah, he's, he's one, one, of, my he's one of your closest friends. friends. He's one yes. of your closest friends. Yes. And I've known Dave. And for we a long disagree time about too. stuff. And we disagree yes. about stuff sometimes. That Dave knows he'll be listening to this. But if LeBron had in a week, okay, the Lakers were a week away from playing back-to-back games against the Utah Jazz. So if mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert had come back, and then imagine if the situation oh. was not Jazz Thunder, but Jazz Lakers. The Lakers had games back-to-back against the Jazz. And if LeBron had contracted uh, coronavirus or one of his teammates, and then LeBron had to navigate coronavirus, MVP, lock it. Lock it. Well, yes, yes. And it... You would have been sure they still would have made a, a big deal to award an MVP in that, that instance, too. If it's LeBron, oh, there's sure. no question. Absolutely. But let's let's no, let's let's just take it back one step from something you just mentioned. Jazz playing Lakers, and all this is taking place. Any chance that game still still ends up taking place? No. No. Just figured I'd ask the question. Mm-mm. No. You do bring up a, a great uh, headline, though, we wouldn't get to see. Because, yes, you're right. LeBron navigating coronavirus would have been MVP worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, my, That's all I've got, my, by the way. What else you got? Okay, I got two more. One, blame it on Beeline. The Cavs were 14 and 40. Beeline. Yeah. 14 and 40. When uh, what did they? What was the official language there? Mutually parted ways. Was that mm-hmm. one of those mutually parted ways situations? Mm-hmm. Fourteen and forty. It it flew under the radar, but they went five and six since that point. The way the younger players and Kobe Altman and Cavs management handled this John Beeline thing, not to mention this roster construction, is disgusting to me. And I cannot stand when a coach is put in a position or players are put in a position management's put in a position when guys are put in a position that really they are completely set up to fail. And that, but I, but I bring up the coach in this instance to say, then the players play harder when all of a sudden he's not there. When you see just the difference, Colin Sexton, 54 games with beeline, just under 20 points a game, under three assists a game, 46% from the field, 36% from three. Do you know what he did in his last 11 games? 25 and a half points over four assists 
52.8% from the field and 43% from three. All of a sudden, Colin Sexton became a player who really cared and was trying really hard. I don't know about his defensive numbers. I didn't go that deep into it, but I just thought it was interesting. So I just know that had this carried on a little bit longer, we would have seen the headlines. Blame it all on Beeline. The only reason the Cavs even had a bad season was this was all John Beeline's fault, which, of course, yeah, I don't yeah. agree with. I like that. I like that. And, of, and of course, it's all John Beeline's fault. No one would ever blame Kevin Love or any of the players. No, no, can't, can't. Uh, and then, finally, for me, I'm picturing Brooklyn Nets making the playoffs. Maybe they get through the first round. 2-7 matchup with the Raptors, let's say. They upset the Raptors in, in the first round. Second round of the playoffs. Reports start coming through. We see more video of Kevin Durant practicing. KD selfish for not returning? Oh, yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I do like that. Because, every, I mean, look, I mean, right now, KD locked in wherever he is. Can't leave. Oh. I mean, at this point, he's... Who knows what he's going to say on social media? But yes, I could, I could have absolutely seen that because that was the conversation before when uh, he was being pushed to come back, pushed to come back sure. in Golden State. I could certainly have seen that happening again. Because yeah. and then I heard Windhurst the other day saying, and it was kind of interesting saying, well, if this season does come back at some point, if it does, whenever that is, is sure. is KD going to play? Is he now yeah. is he healthy enough? And then I started to think about. Jonathan Isaac and Ben Simmons and all, all these other guys. What are, are they now now healthy? All right, coming up next. Rudy Gobert is not a hero. This is the rejecting the screen portion of the rejecting the screen podcast. So Rudy Gobert, so typical of our society, Adam. Rudy Gobert goes from being the class clown knucklehead dipshit to hero mm -hmm. there, there was there was nothing in between nothing in between there is rudy gobert a hero now those are headlines oh rudy gobert is a hero he brought to light this rudy gobert was beyond irresponsible beyond we're fortunate that it happened with an nba player because it forced everybody to react it forced the nba to react and then forced everybody else to actually react responsibly to this but why would he be why would he be considered a hero he didn't he didn't set out to save somebody he didn't accidentally stumble upon it wasn't like he was walking by an apartment building and there was a baby falling out of a window and he stuck out his arms and caught the baby he right. he didn't he didn't accomplish anything it's not like he set out to get the virus and then in order to bring awareness. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, if you, I mean, yeah, then he would have been a hero. Like, look what's going on in this other part of the country. I'm going to get this virus. So then everybody takes this seriously. You know, it, it reminded me of, to a certain extent, like, like Magic Johnson was, what he did I thought was heroic for bringing, by, for announcing that he had HIV and then dedicating so much of his life to, I should say more admirable than heroic, than dedicating his life to finding prevention, preventative me measures and methods for HIV. But like when Magic, and my buddy Scott Huff and I laugh about this all the time, 
when Magic had his his press conference, he said, because of the HIV virus that I have attained. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like he yeah. was trying to get it. No, he, he wasn't trying to. He used the word attained. Um, like he didn't try to get it and then win right. something. It's not like I go to my mailbox every day looking for my OJ prize, like Chris Rock said. Like he didn't like try to right. win something. So Rudy Gobert is not a hero. Statements. Right. He's no. not a hero. He didn't. He was insanely you irresponsible. You can't use the term hero. And a few things about Rudy Gobert. First of all, uh, a friend of mine, Gil Alexander, and I were exchanging text messages on the day when everything seemed to explode in the national consciousness. And obviously, Gobert being the face of that, which we'll get to in a second. But he said to me on that day, when, when NBA play was suspended, he said to me, this feels like we're living a sci-fi movie. And my response to him was, yes, except that we'd get to the part where the all-star basketball player was touching all the microphones. <laughs> and then it turns out that he actually had the virus that would right. be when you would say okay the suspension of disbelief <laughs> has been blown for me that right. that would have been the part so it's 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 remarkable when real life is is more shocking than what you could see in fiction but gobert being is is he is he's the face of this virus now beyond tom hanks and rita wilson uh beyond obviously donovan mitchell it's it's rudy gobert because so many people have said to me once it turned out that Gobert had it, especially with him not taking it seriously and acting in jest, and that's probably a kind way to put it, with the microphones, Gobert then instantly became the one that put a face to this, and it became real, and people said, oh, we have to start taking this seriously. Now anyone can get it. And that's the thing. And that's where it is similar. There's a parallel to magic is that Magic put a face to to HIV and said, "Wow, even the the superheroes, even the guys that are that are in the best shape you could possibly imagine, the guys that we look up to. I mean, Rudy Gobert seems superhuman. I mean, based upon his size and his athletic ability, and he just that, and and I think he's felt like that for a long time. I don't think you could ever use the word hero. I don't want to see him as a guy that has to hide from." the public life for the rest of his life, but it can be in the middle, can it? And I think that's your point that it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other, that this guy has to be hated on for the rest of his life and can't go out in public. No, but at the same time, he is nowhere close to it here. But, but it's so typical of everything. Yeah, it, it just, it just one, it just one extreme or the other. It's coming up next an open gym, your experience with the PAC 12 conference tournament. When the news broke, my experience being in Frisco for the Conference USA tournament, plus what I think is the biggest divide ever on Twitter. Let's start with that. So with cities across the country shutting down mm -hmm. and everybody stuck in their homes, I'm seeing you know every everything on Twitter is got a movie recommendation, book recommendations, TV show recommendations. Oh, I just watched seasons one, two, and three of this, this movie, that movie. Thinking, all right, well, this is the biggest divide in Twitter history. These people don't have children. They do not. They don't have. There's a there's a huge difference. <laughs> That's so true. 
like who who the you can tell who's single, who's just you know living with a living with somebody, boyfriend, girlfriend, or married without children, or mm-hmm. kids are mm-hmm. or kids are already out of the house. But when you when you're not responsible for another human being under your roof, it is so painfully obvious now on Twitter. All these people are plowing through all this stuff like this is now, you know, we had the weekend, but this is really officially like day one. I hope Marissa and I are awake tonight long enough to watch Curb from Sunday night. Like, I'm not, I'm, and like, I'm not, we want to, I want to start watching the Americans on Amazon, but it's not like we just have hours to burn. Like we've got, we've got a child now to homeschool. Okay. And that brings me that brings me to another that brings me to another point. And I tweeted this at Noah Kozlov on Twitter. And you know how we've I've railed against people for having like a lack of perspective all the time. Like, ah, oh, the hurricanes, this and tornadoes really losing homes puts everything in perspective. Okay. So I've been seeing a lot of like after one day of quote unquote homeschooling your children. Okay. Yeah. I, I wrote, I'm seeing a lot of teachers should be paid more. And I have a new respect for teachers. Folks, if you needed <laughs> a quarantine <laughs> to appreciate teachers you've got much bigger problems than a potential virus oh and by the way the 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 first coronavirus joke that makes me laugh i'm still waiting on it's yeah. it's it's still been a while i mean um you know the oh i've <laughs> I, I realize my my wife likes the color yellow, and she's right. actually a nice person to talk to and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I get the sentiment, and, and not even because because of what some people are going through right now. I'm 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 just saying that for the most part, they haven't been very funny. Um, it's it's weird that you bring that up, Noah. You know, you might recall when we talked to Brendan Haywood a couple of weeks ago. I said to him that having kids makes you realize how selfish that you are. Mm-hmm. At least I think I said that to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in your previous you life, also because him, you also told him to ignore to ignore your spouse. I, I don't know if that was exactly how I phrased I'm, it. I'm but fairly certain it was. Like you said, basically, yeah. you said you could. You, you don't even need to actually know your spouse's name anymore after you have a child. <laughs> uh, yeah. Once again, my wife's not listening. So sure. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> loud and clear. Uh, the only chance my wife listens to the podcast is when we're recording this and she's in the other room and can maybe overhear some of the things I say. But she told me um, she told me that she she gets the the podcast and puts the headphones on on her stomach so the baby can hear my voice also, not just yours. Is <laughs> yeah, that, so is that true? He's going to. Yes. Yes. Right, so good, good. so when she comes out, she's going to be very familiar with you and thinking you're one of the parents. Right, right. When when, when 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 she comes out, her first words. Right when she comes out, I'm gonna be here. We go. Here we Living go. The life now, be... out in the world. Here we go, and all your all your uh, phrases and the things that bother you, the long list of things that that really drive you nuts. Uh, you, the point that you bring up about kids, though, is so apt. I mean, until you have kids, you have no you have no grasp on just how it's just better when they're out of the house and I love them. I love my kids so much, but, uh, better no, or it, it's been, it's been, no, of course, easier, easier is the way to go. There's of course the appreciation, but then the other part is that they get annoyed too. They don't want to be around me and my 
bad jokes and, you know, and what I'm offering at home. And it's just such a strange time that we're living in because it's weird because you can go outside. I mean, you're in the city, I'm in the suburbs, but you know, we can go out in our neighborhood. We can go for nature walks. We can mm -hmm. take the dog for a walk. We can go on a hike. I can work on my ball handling. Like, all that stuff is still available to you. So that's strange. It's not like you're in the house because you're still trying to get you know, that 10 day? some poisonous gas or something, you know, still working at it, bro. Um, <laughs> we'll get there one day. We'll get there one day, but you okay. know, the, the, the knee's bad still. So I, uh, did, you did mention though, to go over our situations. Um, yeah, I was overseeing uh, production on studio side of the PAC 12 tournament and it was just, it was chaos like everything else. We're just getting information by by the minute, trying to figure out what, we, what we're going to be the next steps. And I think the biggest thing is that there, there were people that were just afraid in Vegas. I mean, I was, I was handling my side from San Francisco, but our crew that was out in Vegas is there. And, you know, day one on Thursday for the men's tournament, it was in front of a packed house uh, for the early and late sessions. And then they had decided at first, no fans, and then it, evolved into just like the NBA to canceling it all together. But it was interesting where the people that were out there were, were nervous and why wouldn't you be, I mean, think about Vegas of all places to be right now. And first of all, the city of Las Vegas isn't shutting anything down. They're going to allow, allow it all to take place. And, and, you know, for the economy, you can understand it, that side of it, but you know, people coming in from all over the country. So it's a hub, it's a travel destination, and then you think about the hygiene on another level, and then you're in smoky areas and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I guess it's ventilated. That's probably the one thing it's got going for it is they pump oxygen in, but who knows how that the whole thing works. So yeah, I, I understood the fear from people there. Uh, I'm glad that things turned out that the way they did in terms of canceling it. And um, But it's a shame as a, as a huge college basketball fan, like I am, I love the sport, but it's understandable. And for anyone that makes the argument that it's not understandable, then, then I, we can't even have a discussion. Yeah. So How about for you? I was in, yes, yeah, so I was in Frisco, Texas for conference USA and oh, conference USA, a smaller conference. So they're not going to move. They're not going to make any moves until the big 12 does something or the sec does something. Mm -hmm. There's a kind of like the big brothers in that region of the country. The although AAC was right although Conference USA has been on the forefront of some new and innovative ideas, especially with scheduling and all, though. Yeah, yeah, but right, but that, but that's the benefit itself as far as an NCAA tournament berth with with that bonus, that bonus play where they put the teams in the pods. It hasn't worked out the past two years because, well, just because the teams that were just weren't good enough in order to get in that large bid, like they were trying to do a few years ago with Middle Tennessee. But anyway, the right. so we. I get there Tuesday. I had great fried chicken Tuesday night, by the way. Oh, in Frisco, Texas. I mean, I'm from Philadelphia, and I can't stand the Cowboys. If it, minus just the star being everywhere, and this and it taking place at the star. It's the Cowboys practice facility, and it's this. It's like this city that Jerry Jones just built. It is right. immaculate. Really? Oh goodness! The restaurants. The restaurants are great. You can walk everywhere. There's a Baylor Hospital. There's condos, homes. It is. I told Marissa that if there wasn't for this damn star everywhere, I'd consider living here. It, it is, it's amazing. It's amazing. It really is like a Pleasantville, and a great fried chicken at Tupelo Honey. The original Tupelo Honey is great if you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina. 
And now they've opened up like 14 or 15 around the country. And then Wednesday, I'm in the gym all day watching games because men's and women's games, because Thursday, I've got two women's quarterfinals starting at 11 a.m. and then two men's quarterfinals at night. So, you know, we're starting to hear all the news, following all this, and it's a ton of work preparing for the games. And then we record the open about 15 minutes. The open is what you'd see when the broadcast starts. We mm-hmm. record that about 15 minutes before the tip. And we're not going to have fans there. And and I had said in the open, it was just me on camera myself. And I said, this, of course, is certainly not the most significant thing going on around the country or even right here in Texas. But our teams are here and we're going to bring you this basketball game. And then eight minutes before tip, I hear the officials. I hear one. I see one of the conference USA officials walk over to the game officials and say, it's over. We're canceling the tournament. So eight minutes before tip. So we go up live, have a few comments. And as we're on live, I'm changing my flight. So I was able to change my flight on the app as we're on, as we're on TV. When obviously the camera wasn't on me at that time, changed my flight from Saturday till to uh, Thursday afternoon and got out and DFW was wild. It was a, that's the airport, Dallas, Fort Worth, and we'll wrap this up mm-hmm. shortly. It was it was empty, and DFW is the size of DFW is larger than Manhattan Island. It's seventeen thousand something acres. DFW and Denver airports are both larger than Manhattan, where that I live. That is wild. I yeah, never knew that. and and it was empty, and then LaGuardia was empty, all just very eerie. And then being in New York yesterday. We walked from 42nd and 2nd to 42nd and 6th just to get some air. And or 42nd and 2nd to 46th and 6th. And we saw maybe 200 people. Maybe. Incredible. You're, and you're walking past Grand Central Station, walking near Times Square. It was, it's, it's very eerie. It's very eerie. But for now, it's, the, uh, it's, it's reality. Yeah. And, and look, the biggest thing. Not making light of any of this, of course. I think it's you and I both. Our our thoughts go out to not just the people who are who are sick, which obviously we're we're worried about. Not not just in our community in the NBA or uh, basketball folks, but but also beyond that. Just man, I'm so heartbroken for all the people that are going to be in difficult financial situations over the next next few months. And and I've just been more than that, I've, longer I've, than that. Of course, of course. Yeah. But, um, but I think what's wild is, and there have been just uh, so many people that I've talked to that are really trying to help out others and find ways to help out. I have a buddy, I just want to say, buddy Alex McDonald, who has a pizza place in West Hartford, Luna Pizza. And he said that in the local area, 27% of kids um, depend on school for right. free lunch. And so he's putting together and hoping to get some other restaurants involved in the area, but he's putting together packages that they can give to to the kids to make sure they still eat. He said these kids load up on meals on Fridays just so their families can have something to eat. Oftentimes their only meal of the day. So just thinking about those kind of situations and stories and the people that are there willing to help, I guess we could bring this back full circle and say that those are the heroes out there right now, the people really trying to lend a hand and help out others in this situation. All right, so we hope that you all just stay safe, stay healthy, and be smart. If you have to question yes. it, 
just don't do it. Okay. Just be yeah. smart. We'll have interviews throughout and you can still, I mean, you're going to still get consistent podcasts throughout the network. Hollinger and Duncan locked on NBA. Check out locked on jazz, David Locke, founder of locked on network, locked on jazz. He's the jazz radio voice did what it was like being part of the Utah jazz organization as all of this was mm. going down and, and being on the front lines there. So make sure you check that out as well. And Josh Lloyd with locked on fantasy hoops coming up this week on Thursday going ISO. We'll have one of two for you. Either Ala Abdul Nabi, the Sixers TV analyst, former Duke player. I think he's still the all time leader in field goal percentage to Duke former NBA player as well. Or Seth Greenberg, the college basketball mm-hmm. analyst for ESPN, who was the college coach of Byron Russell. And of course, Michael Jordan pushed off Byron Russell in the 98 finals. So we'll ask him about that and plenty of other things on the NBA landscape. You can follow Adam on Twitter at NaysmithLives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Again, go back and listen to all these going ISO editions of Rejecting the Screen. It's all part of one feed, Rejecting the Screen. Because all of these interviews that we've done, you'll see it in the feed, Going ISO. All the interviews we've done, it's evergreen content. So you're welcome. Adam, thank you. You are the best.